Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Bulletproof Business Radio here on Friday, October the 16th. And what a blast of winter came ripping through Western Canada this week. And, uh, you know, it's a beautiful sunny sky here in Calgary today, but earlier this week it wasn't so pleasant. Anyway, uh, the seasons are turning, and that's what our my guest and I were uh, chatting about just before we went live on the program today. I'm joined by Ray Hilbert. Now, Ray, along with his partner uh, Todd Hopkins, wrote a wonderful book called The Janitor, and I'm sure they worked on another a uh, number of other projects, uh, either together or independently, but they were going to focus on uh, The Janitor. And I just finished reading this book uh, a few weeks back, and not so many books that I've been reading these days have really hit me as much as this one and, and maybe a few others have uh, over the course of my uh, business career. But uh, this one did, and I thought that we'd bring Ray on today to kind of talk about the book, where it came from, you know, what the purpose and how we can learn from a number of the key directives that were in uh, in Janitor. Ray, hello from uh, beautiful Calgary here to uh, your home in uh, Indiana. How are things with you today? I'm just terrific, Stuart. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak with you today and uh, look forward to our time together. So thank you. Great. And uh, Ray, tell us about, uh, you know, what you do. I mean, are, have you always been an author or you know where you know what uh, what have you done throughout your career for the people that may not uh, may not be too familiar with uh, you know your your history in business or in uh, you know just doing what you do. You bet. I'm happy to do that. You know, graduating from college in uh, the late 1980s, um, immediately upon uh, graduating from school, I went to work for a small family-owned business. Uh, had some tremendous uh, success in that company, but it was a fairly small business, about 110 to 120 employees, and a uh, great man that I worked for, really enjoyed that opportunity, but his son had actually graduated college with my uh, with me, and so there wasn't, re- uh, he was grooming his son to take over the business, so there wasn't a lot of upside potential uh, long-term career-wise in that in that company, and so I left that company after about two and a half years. Then went to work for a very large international company, uh, a consumer products uh, worldwide uh, um, uh, organization, a multi-billion-dollar conglomerate. Uh, spent about three years there, and realized that at least for myself, long-term, that the, that kind of corporate life was probably not for me. And so after about five and a half, six years in the corporate world, uh, struck out on my own with my own business. Um, it, it, had, uh, it was a small business, but really had, uh, Stuart, some tremendous success at a young age in my mid-20s as a new entrepreneur. You know, I'd read all the business books and been through business school and knew that the odds of success for a, a new startup company were very, very slim, but uh, we were able to buck the odds. We had a lot of success, had a lot of fun, and... Um, Maybe like uh, some of your listeners here, I, I, I got a little cocky, frankly, and uh, thought, wow, my first venture in my own business was very successful. I must have the golden touch. And so I 
diversified into another business that, frankly, failed miserably. And uh, as I say, the, the, the business that was making money uh, became the, the financer of the business that was losing money. And after a few years in, in that second business, fortunately, I didn't lose my marriage over it, and I didn't lose my house, but it totally wiped me out financially. And I just realized how challenging it was as a, as a, as a person in business, uh, not only with a corporate background, but at that point also then with business ownership background. I just really understood how challenging business is and how, how difficult it is to balance all the demands and so on and so forth that, that are placed on us, and, you know, family. Yeah, and I can, I definitely and, understand that, Ray, for sure. And, uh, you know, talk about focus. You know, I, you know, I probably walked a mile in your shoes and many, many of our uh, small business owners who listen to this program every week have, uh, could probably share that same story. You know, Ray, that's, you know, and that's a story that we've talked about. You know, many times, uh, we hear about entrepreneurs losing everything because they kind of lose focus. And that way, you know, if I look at a common theme throughout the throughout the janitor book, it really was about focus, about focusing on everything that was important in life. Well, there's no question about it. And, you know, it's it's really important. If you've got some long-term goals, it's important, obviously, to stay focused on those long-term goals, but you can't lose focus of what's important today. And it's those small daily steps of staying focused on what you need to that are going to get you to where you need to be long-term anyway. And so that, that really is a major purpose behind uh, the book, The Janitor. So tell us, Ray, what was um, what was this a real-life story about The Janitor that you know prompted you and Todd to write this book, or was it uh, just like a normal parable type, type idea, like similar to uh, you know, Bob Berg's Go-Giver book? Was this like real-life experience? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like when you go to a movie and, and it, you know, you see the title of the movie and then it comes up on the screen. It says, based on real-life experiences or, you know, this is a based on a true story. Our, our particular storyline in The Janitor is, is really a, a crafted, uh, created, fictional, parable kind of thing. But the characters are based on real characters. And, and in my own example, I actually had a mentor named Bob who really helped me uh, straighten out my priorities in life. And he was a very godly uh, old wise man who just had a lot of wisdom that really helped redirect me when my world was falling apart. So the, the lead character of the young business owner that's struggling, you know, Todd and I, the, as co-authors, we based it on our own experiences. But then the older uh, wise janitor, whose name was Bob, is based on a real person as well. So kind of a mixture of a parable, but the, the characters are really based on real live people. Yeah, that's what I found, uh, Ray, was when I was reading this book, I almost felt like you and Todd wrote it for me. And I, was, I, I told my wife one, uh, <laughs> one night, I said, gee, you know, I can't put this book down because, you know, I feel like Ray and, uh, and Todd are speaking to me like in, in, in real life here because a lot of the, the challenges that were mentioned in the book from the busy executive and his dealings with, uh, with Bob the janitor was uh, a lot of things that, you know, myself and I'm sure many of my peers and colleagues have gone through. Let's just, maybe just talk about some of the, the key directors, because we only have, uh, you know, 30 minutes today, Ray. I'm sure we can't go into depth about all of them. But, you know, maybe let's just touch on a, on a few. What, a couple of things that uh, really hit me was uh, uh, taking time for our family, uh, paying things forward, and, of course, the legacy. But maybe we can just t- touch base on, on the six directives, uh, maybe starting at the first one, and then and work our way through so the listeners can get a feel for what the book is about and then uh, rush out to the Lyric Bookstore and pick it up tonight. 
That'd be great. Which one would you uh, like to address first? I'm happy to. You, uh, you know, my my favorite my favorite one where I all where I put a lot of uh, I wouldn't say neglect on purpose, but neglect because of busyness in life was uh, to count my family as a blessing. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that, that principle that we present out in the book is called view family as a blessing and not a responsibility. And just real quickly, you know, so often we get busy, you know, in our careers, building our businesses, our companies, or what have you. And before we know it, we're trapped. Our business, our career, whatever, we find ourselves saying things like, I have to go to work. I have to go do this. And uh, we, we, frankly, we kind of rationalize and convince ourselves that the reason we have to go do these things is, of course, we have financial obligations. That's, that's obvious, in, you know, in, in, this, in this world you have them. You have financial uh, obligations. But what happens is we begin to fool ourselves or, or we get convinced that we have to go do all these things and build all these enterprises to provide for our families when, you know, really what our families want is they want us. They want our hearts. They want us engaged with them and those sorts of things. And so uh, rather than seeing our family, you know, as a burden that we have to go make money so that we can put a roof over their heads and provide for their education, feed them and so forth, we need to take a step back and say, you know what, our families really are a blessing. They're not a burden. And so we really need to treasure each and every day with our kids, if we have children, if our, with our spouse, if we're married, or whatever the case may be. We have to really learn to appreciate these very special people that we have a short period of time with in this world and not view it as a burden that we've got to go make money to provide for them, but actually we can enjoy the journey with them, to, to see them as a blessing and not a responsibility. And that's uh, that's so true, uh, Ray. And this is uh, my name is Stuart Crawford here on Bulletproof Business Radio. We're in conversation with Ray Hilbert from the the author, one of the co-authors of the Janitor. And we're talking about the six directives from this wonderful book. And we uh, kind of touched on. We're kind of going a little bit out of order, but that's that's okay. That's what uh, you know, doing things uh, like these programs are all about. Talk about viewing family as a blessing and not a responsibility. And Ray, you know, that took me. Well, you know, I just turned forty last earlier this year. I would say, you know, I got. I got married when I was very young, almost 20 years ago. And I'm very, very fortunate. I still have a my wife around to, you know, they still call her my wife, anyways. But you know, I think it took me 17 years of marriage to finally figure that one out. Yeah, and you know, uh, I'm just maybe one uh, step ahead of you, Stuart. Uh, 21 years for my wife and I, and I'm still figuring it out. So you know. I have to tell, you know, a funny story not long ago, you know, like any of your listeners, maybe like yourself, you know, I, I still battle with this whole thing of busyness and trying to accomplish things and, you know, make my mark on the world, those sorts of things. And it was one of those weeks where I, frankly, I was out of balance and I was working a lot more than I should have been. And, you know, that's the reality. Sometimes the seasons in life, you're going to work more, more at some times than others and those things. But my wife and I hadn't really spent much time together, and it got to be at the end of the end of the week, and she came up to me, and it's kind of funny to think about it now, but she handed me a copy of The Janitor, and she said, Ray, how, how about you go back and read this book? <laughs> and that was quite humbling, Stuart, and so you yeah, know, I, I, I can I'm, imagine. Still in this, I'm still in this journey, you know, I, I, I don't have all this mastered, and I think that's really, frankly, the power of the book is that it's so real. Like when you were sharing how it gripped you and grasped you, you know, um, we get that quite often. We'll get emails from people who say, you know, this is the only book I've read in 15 years, or 
I picked it up and I thought I would read one chapter and I stayed up all night because I just couldn't put it down because it was so real. And so I think the reason that it is so real and the reason it's grasped, it grabs people the way it does is that we're still in this journey. I haven't got this all figured out yet, but um, it's great to go back and read it once in a while and be reminded of the message that uh, that I've got to live out too. For sure. And, and Ray, you know, going into another one of the directors that kind of hit me was uh, how I got this book. Now, I have a friend of mine in Toronto who uh, sent it to me about a year ago and said, you should really read this book. Now, I kind of, like most books that I buy, and I'm sure others have bought, they kind of sit on the shelf for a little while. And I was having a, a, a conversation with Barbara DeAngelis, another author, a few weeks ago when I, when I was reading one of her books. I said, Barbara, I just took your book off the shelf. It almost like it was talking to me that it's time to read this book. And I, the same thing with your book, Ray. Just kind of talked to me. said, this is time to read this book. And so my friend in Toronto passed the book over to me, and then I've taken it and I've shared it with uh, people in my office and friends of mine, one of my mentors as well. Uh, you know, that gets kind of one of the other directives about passing it around and what we can learn from others and, uh, and experiences from others and kind of what we're doing today. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, I, I grew up on a farm in the, in the central part of the state of Indiana, so I'm, I'm a country boy at heart, and so I like simple things. And kind of an analogy I use is if you ever see a turtle sitting up on a fence post, not to say that any of your listeners have, but if you ever do see a turtle sitting up on a fence post, we know one thing about that turtle. They didn't get there all alone. Turtles don't climb fence posts. So any, anything that we're able to accomplish in life, any opportunities that we're able to pursue, um, any successes we have, if we want to be really honest about it, it's only because other people helped us get there. And so the Pass It Around directive is all about living a life in such a way that you have an open, giving spirit that um, really and truly none of us really own anything. We're not going to take any of this stuff with us when we die. And so we're just temporary stewards over everything in life. And so the Pass It Around directive reminds us to be, to be generous, to be giving, because, you know, when you're a giving person, it seems like more things come back your way. The more you give, the more you receive. It's only when you have a tight, clenched fist that, you know, people look at that, you know, and you can imagine a picture of holding a wad of money in your hand, and I'm, I'm not going to lose this. I'm going to hold tightly onto it. Well, that's true, but as long as your fist is clenched, closed, you also can't receive anymore. It's only when you open up your hand and you're willing to give it away that someone can put more back in your hand. That's what the Pass It Around is all about, is be, be generous and be giving and, and help people at every chance you get, because, it frankly, it's going to come back and and you're going to reap great dividends as well. And I'm sure, Ray, it's more than just uh, you know passing around financial uh, and, and money, but it's also you know sharing your time and, and sharing your gifts and all that. And you mentioned that. You know, another thing, Ray, you know, while we're on the topic of you know uh, passing things around, you know, I talked to a lot of business owners uh, and colleagues of mine that maybe haven't reached this pinnacle in their journey yet. And they still use words like, you know, I got to spend time with the family. I got to spend, you know, time working on this project. You know, one of the things I pulled out of the book as well is, you know, how to, you know, instead of saying the word spend uh, and now taking it as investing, you know, investing my time, investing my efforts. And that's one of the other directives is around not spend, no, don't spend, uh, invest. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, and that, and I, I love that directive as well because. This directive is, is, is one of those things in life that helps us prioritize 
where we are going to, um, and I have to use this for just for a moment, spend our time because, you know, the average person has about 26 to 27,000 days on this earth. That's their lifespan. And once it's gone, it's gone. And so when you have a very limited resource, you know, you have to be very careful where that resource it goes. And so what Invest Don't Spend is all about is taking a look at where my time goes, where my financial resources and so forth, but where am I going to get the most return on my investment? I can spend an hour watching a football game or a baseball game or, you know, two or three hours, and that's fine. But if I can do that with my son or with my spouse or what have you, I can take that same time and invest it in them because that's going to give me a long-term return on that relationship. And so, of course, I love to watch a football game or baseball or whatever, but it's even more important to invest that time with the other people that you love and can pass along you know, blessings to them as well. So it's just about prioritizing. It's about really taking a look at where time and resources go. Is there a long-term return here, or is it just a short-term waste? And, uh, you know, when, when all that we're pursuing in life is finances and money, that's going to get burned away. But it really is about investing in people in the long term that's going to give us great return in life. And that's uh, that's so true, uh, Ray. It's about it's investing uh, the time and energy and investing in people. You know, I'm one of my mentors, uh, his name's Arlen. I had him on the program a few weeks ago. Uh, he mentioned, he always, well, he always mentions, you only have 168 hours per week. How do you choose to invest your time? And that was, you know, when I'm looking at it, even at a smaller scale like that, it makes those decisions. If I'm going to, you know, spend an hour on the on the co- on the sofa watching hockey or football or uh, by myself, or 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 spending it taking uh, having a walk with my wife or or whatever, uh, it makes those decisions a lot more easier when I'm looking at it even on, on smaller uh, scales. But I really like the way you put it with, you know, twenty seven thousand. Uh, I think you said uh, minutes. Was it minutes or hours? I can't remember now. Days. Yeah, that's about the days. Of days that most of us have. Yeah, yeah. and they go very fast. <laughs> they they sure do. Uh, kind of getting back to the beginning, uh, Ray and you know, and talking about uh, I know a lot of entrepreneurs and you know and colleagues and, and even clients of ours here at Bulletproof that are you know on the verge of either having a meltdown or they're just totally wiped out. You know, this it's like, it's like a, ch- a chore uh, for them to get out of bed in the morning. Now I had a, a coach at one time who. Uh, you know, he said you have to have a a freedom day every every week, so you can just totally, you know, discharge from what you're doing every day. But that's one of the first directives he had was re- recharge versus discharge. Uh, you know, I love how you, uh, uh, the saying a burned out brain won't start. Anything else we can add to that? Well, you know, I think that's one of the foundational directives of this book is that, um, and if you think about it, any time you read a book. In a lot of ways, you're you're working to recharge your brain, you know, refresh your energy, get new ideas, or to grow, and that's why we really start the book with that directive. Is you know, just the very fact of reading a book is part of a recharge process, and, and just think of it this way: if we were to say to somebody, "Look, you're going to have a car, and you're just going to drive it forever, and you're never going to send that car into the garage for maintenance or repairs or upgrades," they would say, "That's stupid. That that." That machine is not going to last very long. You have to pull it off the road for a day and, you know, once in a while to, you know, change the tires and change the oil and refresh, you know, put a new battery in or whatever. But yet we understand the impact on machinery, 
but there's no finer machine in the world than the human brain. And we have to recharge that brain. We have to take time away and invest it back into ourselves. And we have to find something that helps us to regain our energy and regain our focus. You know, in our in our story, the janitor, the, the wise janitor had something that he did that a hobby that really helped him create new ideas. And and this is what I would challenge your your listeners to do is think about the last really, really great idea that they got. Maybe something that maybe took their business to a new level, a new product, a new service, a, a, a new business, whatever, or even in their family. What's the really last great idea that they got? Chances are, I, I would almost you know bet about anything, they did not get that really great idea in the midst, in the midst of just recharging in the midst of doing their work. They probably got it while they were doing yard work or when they were jogging or walking or, um, you know, in the shower. Great ideas come to us when we have been removed from the activity and we can give our brain time to think. Maybe another analogy is imagine reading, Stuart, that book, The Janitor, that, that we're talking about. Imagine if that book had no paragraphs, if it had no breaking in sentences and it was just all words jumbled up for 200 pages. That wouldn't be a very pleasurable read. No, sir. You've got to have a break, you know. You've got to have paragraphs and you've got to have ends of sentences and new chapters because those are pause points. Those are points where you can stop and think and reflect. And so recharge versus discharge is all about the importance of taking time to get away, to think about the bigger picture, slow down and get your great ideas exactly uh, right and I, I mean i i can go through that exercise myself and realize all the last great ideas i had and definitely wasn't sitting in front of my computer at my at my office it was you know <laughs> going for a run or 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 doing something else i don't do yard work so i had to be doing something else but you know the last uh, the last two directors and we only have a few minutes left Ray, and kind of t- you know i want to spend a little time on director number six i think that's one of the most important ones but what we missed was uh, the directive number three, which is pray, don't pout. And I find a lot of uh, small business owners or people that had something you know, bad uh, or uh, unfortunate happen to their business often sit there and pout or play the blame game. Uh, I think directive three tells us not to do that and to look uh, for other ways to figure out what's going on. It sure does. And, and certainly both Todd and myself as co-authors of this book, we – we believe in prayer as a very important spiritual discipline in our own lives, and we believe, frankly, that God can and does speak to us through prayer. But, but, but putting it into a business context, pray, don't pout is all about, even when, as you said, Stuart, even when something bad happens, to take a step back and look at it and say, okay, what good can come of this? And here's an analogy I use. For those of us who have children, uh, there's a big, you know, big thing here in the states and worldwide right now about the uh, swine flu. And um, but think about our children when we take them in to get a vaccination. And this happened not long ago in my own family. Our small child, we're holding them down. The nurse is holding them down, and they're looking at you like, "Why are you letting this bad thing happen?" Because they see that big needle that's about to stick them, and they're wondering, "Why is this bad thing happening to me?" Well, you know, as their parent. You're allowing that, quote, bad thing to happen because you know that vaccination is designed to make them stronger. 
And so we have to take a step back from what appear to be bad events in our lives and in our businesses and say, okay, how can this make me stronger? How can this make my business better? Especially in a down economy like we're experiencing right now. You've got to take a step back. Instead of pouting about it and crying and whining, take a step back and say, okay, where is our opportunity in this to improve and get better than anybody else, to get stronger than we've ever been? So many times it's the bad things and the tough circumstances if we'll just step back and instead of pouting about it, just pray and get guidance and counsel on how to address it. That's where the real long-term strength and improvement occurs. So that's one of my favorite directives as well. And then, of course, you take all those that directive and you combine it with all the other ones around refresh, uh, refreshing and, re, and discharging, and you know, investing your efforts and your time in other places, and then uh, you know, all comes to uh, all comes together at the end of the day. Ray, the most important one I found to me, and you know, what impacts me on a regular basis, and it, this wasn't the first time I, I thought about this, but it, you know, definitely not, and definitely not the last. A lot of great uh, books out there on on the purpose of you know, you know, it doesn't matter how many days, weeks, hours, years we're on this earth. What really matters is what we do with them. And I love in the book, and I'm not going to ruin it for the listeners who haven't read this book yet, is the message at the end when Bob is talking uh, to the, the successful CEO there about uh, you know about his life and you know the importance of the legacy that we leave uh, both in you know in the world uh, you know right down to to the smallest minute detail, uh, you know, even right into our family. You know, how important, Bob, is it, or sorry, Ray, for you, uh, and on leaving a legacy with everything that you do? Uh, I, I'm so glad that you, you asked the question the way you did because I can tell you the single defining question that I'm asking myself every single day is, am I doing something today that's going to make a difference for eternity? And And what I mean by that is, am I investing my life in activities and people that are going to long outlive me. And a legacy is all about that lasting impression that long after you're, you're, you're dead and gone, long after that is what things did you do with your life that have carried on to future generations, frankly, what has made the world a better place? That's a question I ask every single day, and I'm constantly talking to my children about this, is everything that we do, we need to have a long-term perspective and to not make decisions just based on what's good and pleasant for today, but what's going to make a difference three and four generations from now. To me, that's how you really learn where to invest and not to spend, and that's how you learn to pray and not pout, and that's where you learn to pass it around by keeping all the long-term things in perspective and what's going to be my legacy, what am I going to ultimately leave behind uh, Leave behind is, is not necessarily just my money, but it's what lives have been touched and impacted because my children are going to impact their children who are going to impact their children and so forth. So the decisions that I'm making today, both in business and in my family, have an impact for generations and generations from now. And I think it's important on a daily basis, Stuart, that we live our life with our legacy in mind. I couldn't uh, agree with you more there, Ray. So over the last... 25 minutes or so we've been talking with Ray Hilbert from the uh, and the co-author of The Janitor. Now, Ray, do you you have a website, thejanitorbook.com. Uh, I do believe yeah. uh, people that go visit that website can download uh, a free chapter of the book and also can purchase it online through the website. Is that correct? 
That's correct. They can go to thejanitorbook.com or rayhilbert.com as well. We've got blogs and some things going on there. Would love to have some interaction with uh, folks who would love to love to chat. And there's a great uh, some great videos on there as well. That's kind of what uh, really uh, threw me in the direction of inviting you onto the program today. Uh, Ray, one last question before we go. I know you got some new stuff uh, going on. Tell us a little bit about the Carrot Chaser. What's what's that book about? The Carrot Chaser is another book that Todd and I have co-authored, and uh, it's it's uh, another parable based on some real life uh, individuals, a different set of individuals than we focus on in the janitor. But it's really all about um, integrating our, our spiritual lives with our business lives, with our family lives in a whole new level. It's a really, really fun story with a lot of twists and turns that uh, we, we're getting a lot of fun feedback on. And so, uh, yeah, it's called The Carrot Chaser. They can also read and learn about that there at thejanitorbook.com as well. That'd be great. Well, I think I'm going to be rushing out to our local uh, chapters, Indigo, or you know, wherever we need to get the books and, uh, and see if I can pick that one up there, Ray. Ray, it's been a real pleasure to uh, chat with you over the last uh, 30 minutes or so. Uh, it really uh, hats off to you and Todd for writing a great book that you know truly enriched my life, and I was able, I was very fortunate to, to uh, pay it forward to to a number of my colleagues, and and I'm very thankful for my friend in Toronto to send me it because it was one of those books that uh, it, it'll go in my uh, collection that I'll read again very very soon. So thanks, uh, Ray, for that, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. We've been uh, joined by Ray Hilbert, the co-author of The the Janitor here on Bulletproof Business Radio. Uh, Just about to sign off, uh, tune in next week. We're going to have George Garcia from Park2Go on talking about his uh, parking uh, business up by uh, Calgary Airport and what they're doing to make a difference uh, and create a pleasurable experience for those who are traveling out of Calgary International Airport. That will be next week here on Bulletproof Business Radio. My name is Stuart Crawford. Thanks to our guest, Ray Hilbert from The Janitor. Book.com, and we'll look forward to chatting with you all next week.